0: The Milwaukee Bucks had their first duo starting an All-Star game since 1976. But things not going nearly as well outside of the All-Star break for the Milwaukee Bucks. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. No Ian tonight. We get Matt Jones joining the party instead. Hello, Matt.
1: Uh, Well, you know, you lose one Southern accent and you get another one. It's nice to see you. We haven't done a... They usually only put us on together during, like, Heat Celtics series for us to uh, talk trash. I hate the Celtics, but then they put me on with you, and I feel like I have to take up for them, and that's all. That's when you and I are together.
0: I have that effect on people, yes. It's been a while. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, have we done a show together since you became a big superstar off of your Netflix Documentary wrestling?
1: Uh, well, I would use superstar very lightly. But let me tell you how big Amber Wilson is, for those of, of you listening. So, on the Netflix show Wrestlers, which is about the pro wrestling company that I own, Ohio Valley Wrestling, OVW on Netflix, there is a scene where they're showing me doing radio, and they film me doing a show with Amber. And there's a, there is a, a the computer, and we have the zoom on, and... And they show me, my parents come in and I go, hi, mom. Hey, mom, say hi to Amber. And Amber's on the screen and my mom goes, hi, Amber, whoever you are. Amber Wilson is so big time. She hasn't even watched that yet, and she's in it. She is in a Netflix show that she hasn't even taken the time to watch. I find that hilarious, I gotta be honest.
0: Netflix, Schmetflix. I'm on ESPN. <laughs> I mean, what else I know,
1: do I need but to watch? You're on Netflix is on all over the world. You are in a scene, <laughs> and I mention your name and you haven't even turned it on. I mean, can you folks listen at home imagine you are. Are on a Netflix show and you don't even turn it on. That's crazy. Here's what
0: I, here's what I want you to, to imagine if you're at home or driving in your car right now. If you were a woman, imagine that you show up to do a job via zoom and what you probably look like if you're working from home and your job is on zoom and you're thinking nobody can see you because it's an audio job like radio and then all of a sudden your co-host shows up with netflix cameras (laughs) an entire camera crew and he's like oh by the way they might film the zoom i mean i had no I don't remember yes. if I had any. I don't think I had like any makeup on that day. I don't know if I had brushed my hair. I thought the only people seeing me was you and a producer. And the next thing I know, apparently, it's the entire universe. There are Netflix.
1: people. There are people sitting in India where the, our show was more watched <laughs> in India than any other country because one of the guys on it is from India there are like millions of people in India who have seen Amber Wilson. And yet she is not worried at all. This Indian star that she's become, <laughs> she's not even worried about what the scene was, but know. it's in good India, to be with might, you again.
0: They might've been like, ah, girl, now we know why she's on radio. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's the NBA all-star weekend though. You get the NBA rising stars on ESPN radio. That is coming your way at 9 PM Eastern tonight. So Amber and We'll hop off air a little bit early tonight. The NBA All-Star Saturday night on ESPN Radio comes your way at 8 p.m. Eastern. And then on Sunday, you get the 2023 NBA All-Star Game. Coverage begins right here on ESPN Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern. But Matt Jones, I mentioned the failures of the Milwaukee Bucks because Adrian Griffin and the Bucks, we're 30-13, and 13, and then Doc and everybody else, because Doc was an advisor to that team, seemed to have run Adrian Griffin out of town. And since that time, Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks have gone 3-7. and seven. And old Doc has been full of excuses. That excuse machine has been revved up to 10, Matt Jones.
1: Well, first of all, and I know this may be heresy because I know he works here anytime he doesn't have a job. But Doc he Rivers for
0: like two minutes and then he left.
1: But oh, Doc 100%. Rivers has always seemed to me to be a little shady. Like the fact that he's both on TV calling games and is an advisor to the Bucks, and I would hear him on podcasts talking about coaches not doing a good job, and there was a part of me that was always like, I think he's trying to get that job, and then he ends up getting one of the jobs. It all starts to come a little get together. I I, I I think Doc's a good coach, but he's a little much for me. With that said being 3 and 7 it's obviously awful but at the same time i do think the bucks are in a mode that i think your miami heat are in which is that the regular season doesn't really matter to those teams that like we've seen in the last few years that you can make the finals as an 8 seed right i mean i think the lakers did it the heat were they an 8 when they made it or 7 it, and i think when you have a pedigree of guys that have had success in the playoffs, it's hard for me to get worked up if they stink in the regular season. The Lakers last year are the perfect example. So I do wonder if they can play defense because they give up so many points. But I'm not ready to say that anything is a disaster based on this 10-game stretch.
0: You're absolutely right that the landscape has changed with the plan. And now these teams believe, hey, we can make it. We don't necessarily need to be the highest team in order to make it. Why waste our time? Why waste our efforts, frankly, and why exhaust ourselves throughout the regular season? I get that. However... I disagree in this scenario only because it was a new team coming together in terms of those two monster superstars coming together and I do think it's of the utmost importance to figure out that chemistry in season and there's been some weird things with that chemistry and I understand it doesn't just automatically come together and even the big three in Miami didn't win a championship it's first year I get it it can look good on paper and it maybe takes a bit on the actual hardwood but it feels like that team needed to find their rhythm during the regular season they certainly have to find it here in the second half and I'm just not seeing the improvement under Doc in getting that done because the reality is that they don't play defense because they let Drew Holiday go they bring in Dame who doesn't play defense he's a defensive liability and they don't have an answer for that problem Doc Rivers the Bucks head coach after they lost last night to the Memphis Grizzlies called out his own team
1: first play we gamble for the 50th time in the corner guy drives uh, we have to help leads to a three. We come back in this, on our set, two guys forget what we're running. Then we miss the shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that God. line. That is a good line, though. I, I,
0: we had some guys I, here, we had some guys in Cabo. I, it was right before the All-Star break.
1: <laughs> well, that, Okay, so you made two points there, one of which I agree with one of which I don't think matters a lot. I do agree with you that there are some fundamental differences about this team from the last couple of iterations of it that might cost them, which is, number one, they don't have Drew Holiday to play defense, and Dame was not a good defender in his prime and is worse now, right? I don't know that I say, though, like, Doc – I mean, let's be real. He's been there 10 games. In the NBA in the regular season, they don't really practice. So it's really kind of hard to do – I mean, how much difference can he really make overnight when he really doesn't have that much of a chance to do anything anyway? I mean, I think I saw something maybe in a Milwaukee uh, newspaper that he'd had like three full practices since he's become the coach. I mean, I can't really expect him to make a huge bit of change. But the main problem, which is they can't defend, is not something that's getting better and I do agree with you, Amber, that's something that may just make it to where they can't succeed, Doc or no Doc.
0: Norris Cole, the two-time NBA champion, was on Freddie and Harry earlier. He thinks that a lot of this falls on Giannis's shoulders.
2: Well, he has to look at himself first. And I don't know everything that went to having Adrian Griffin fired, but it's hard for me to believe that he didn't have anything to do with that. So he has to take accountability for himself first and understand some things happening that he allowed to happen with the firing of, the, of Mr. Griffin. And then secondly, he can't let up on the guys. This is a time in leadership where sometimes you have to make people uncomfortable. And so if he's giving it everything he has, and if he's as focused as he's supposed to be, he has to make sure that he's in there raising cane making sure that everyone else is on edge. So they shouldn't be comfortable. There should be Nobody should be walking into that practice facility feeling all good and comfortable. He should be making sure everyone is on edge, understanding that, hey, this is not acceptable, and we have to turn it around, not next month, but we need to turn this around today.
0: It's just a bad look when Giannis runs Adrian Griffin out of town and Doc maybe runs Adrian Griffin out of town, and now they're 3-7 and 6 yeah. when they had won 30 games with that Adrian Griffin. And
1: Norris, by the way, is being kind. Of course, it's on Giannis that, he, that that he ran him. You think they're going to fire this dude who's been here half a year without Giannis having a say in it? Of right. course, he is. Like he right. he he was the cause of that. And if you and if you believe, which I think we both do, that Doc had a role as an advisor, then it's on the two of them if it doesn't work. Norris is exactly right about that. I'm not ready to give up on them though, because again, in the East, you got the Celtics, but they're one injury away from being a different kind of team. The Sixers are, have their issue with Embiid's situation. I mean, am I worried about Cleveland? No, if I'm one of those teams in the playoffs. So I still am not ready to count Milwaukee out yet.
0: I just don't know if I've seen a coach live off of a championship more than oh, Doc Rivers has. Yeah. A championship that came in 2008. Coming up, Do next you think year, your Heat
1: can win the East? by the way? I'm being dead serious. I, do you think they can this year? Are, are,
0: the Heat are very mediocre this year, but also okay. very mediocre in the regular season does not necessarily mean, by that's any true. means, mediocre in the postseason. We've seen it time and time and time again. So all you need, I think, is a little luck and a little playoff, Jimmy, and anything's possible. The NBA's
1: becoming like hockey in that way, that the regular season if you get in the regular season is really doesn't matter a whole lot
0: it's a problem for the nba is what it yeah. is coming up next year. on amber and ian with matt jones filling in the nfl season is over so what are we going to talk about now matt has a few ideas to pitch to me that's next here on espn radio
2: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple Must be 21 plus and present in select states.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This has been a crazy college basketball season. And I don't know if anybody's been paying too much attention to it, Matt, because it's NFL season, it tends to consume us around here. College football season tends to consume us around here. NBA season, now we're starting to get to the point in the year where that starts to consume us around here. But let's give some love to college ball, because you know college hoops. I know it's been a crazy season. I know we've had something like – we've had like dozens and dozens and dozens of top 25 upsets. Isn't it like 37 top 25 upsets or something crazy this season so far? So you got to sell me on college hoops, Sell that you that on the mindset. sport.
1: Let's start with this. You're exactly right. Nothing's as big as the NFL and college football's a clear number two. But I want to take up for college basketball in this regard. Think about how much on ESPN and ESPN Radio we talk about the NBA. Do people realize that every Saturday, co- co- like 10 college basketball games get better ratings than most NBA games? Like Kentucky, last weekend, the Lakers played the Warriors. And it beat Kentucky Gonzaga in the ratings by like a hundred thousand people and Kentucky, you know, th- so I do think college basketball gets less attention than it should, but rather than whine about that, I want to sell you on the season. You know, March okay. is coming. You love the tournament. I'm sure. Do you enjoy oh, yeah. the tournament? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, March, obviously we all start tuning yeah. in. So this I feel is a little guilty that we're not tuning in. No, you early, shouldn't so. have because we honestly, this us. has
1: been the college basketball needs in any given year to have one or two power teams And we don't really have it this year. The closest thing to a power team is like UConn and Purdue, and they're boring. So the problem is what you said, how many upsets there have been. I want you to think about this for a minute. Top 25 teams on the road in conference this year. So a team ranked in the top 25 goes somewhere and plays on the road in conference. How about this, Amber? Teams with that scenario have a losing record this year. Teams in the top 25 playing on the road have a losing record. That's never happened in the history of college basketball. So it is the most wide open I think it's ever been, and there's two reasons. One is the transfer portal. Everybody talks about that as everything. But what's happened with the transfer portal is the good teams – are getting older guys, but then they got teams like at Duke and Carolina, their guys are then going to secondary schools and being good. So there's like – when the tournament starts, Amber, there are going to be 30 teams that could win the national championship this year. There, It is going to be the most wide-open season, and remember when everybody complained about one-and-done with college basketball? Mm-hmm. This is the oldest college basketball has ever been. The best players are all seniors, fifth year, in some cases, six-year guys because of COVID. So you got 23- and 24-year-old men out there playing against 18- and 19-year-olds, and that dynamic, I think, has been fascinating because at least this year, the old men are winning.
0: Now, I did know that. I did know the whole sport is older this season, but I don't understand quite why. Is that NIL because you can make more money in college so there's no reason to leave? It's a couple things. Or is that the fact that people are going straight – the few that are NBA-ready are going straight to the G League or going straight overseas and not even going to college? Okay, so
1: starting next year, I think the great young players are coming back to college basketball because of NIL. But you got to remember, a lot of these dudes commit years ago – And because NIL didn't exist, a lot of guys who would have been freshmen in college this year, when they were like sophomores, they went to the G League, they went to Australia, they went to overtime, and college just didn't become something they've cared about. Now go look at next year's class. The top 19 guys are all going to college. But this year, only about half of them went to college. So that was part, but that'll change again next year. So that's part of it. And then the other big thing, like I said, is the COVID year. These dudes who used to be jun- sophomores and juniors and would have gone to the G League, like you said, or would have gone into the draft, they now can get a million to $2 million to come back to school. Ooh. Zach Eady D- at Purdue, Hunter Dickinson at Kansas, Armando Baycott at uh, North Carolina. So these older guys are staying in college because of NIL, and that's why I think this is the most open it's ever been. My Kentucky team. You know, Cal used to always get one-and-done dudes. They got a ton of them. But the problem is they play these 23-year-old grown men at South Carolina and Texas A&M, and they lose because those dudes are a lot bigger than the really talented young guys Kentucky has.
0: That's cool. That's cool to watch. That makes me want to watch that because you're right. I mean, if you're coming in, even if you're going to end up being better, if you're 18 years old and yes. it, there's only so much you can weigh, so can what, at 18 years old, then you're going up against these dudes who are 23 years old. I mean, there's going they to be a difference like
1: it. there physically. <laughs> yeah. And they look like it. So also, as you watch the season, I think it's a great mix because, all right, so who are the traditional powers in college basketball? The Kentucky, Bulls. Duke, Carolina, Kansas. All of those teams have good teams this year. All those teams I just mentioned probably be seated in the top five in the tournament. But then there's the old man teams, Purdue, UConn, Houston. And so you're going to see in the tournament matchups where the blue blood powers that you're used to that draw ratings are playing against schools that maybe you haven't seen quite as much be at the top, a team like Illinois or Wisconsin or some of these teams are better than they've been in years. So when the brackets come out in a few weeks, if you're out there watching, you're going to see some names of schools you haven't seen in a while. You know, probably the best college basketball prospect in America. You know where he goes to school? Colorado. Colorado probably has the best, I think his name's Cody Johnson, probably the best college basketball product. He'll go second or third in the draft, and he goes to Colorado. So everybody thinks about Dion. Colorado basketball is going to produce a higher draft pick than Dion will ever produce at Colorado football this year.
0: That's amazing. Amber and Ian's presented by Progressive Matt Jones filling in for Ian tonight. Is the transfer portal as much of a problem, air quotes, in college yes. ball as it is in <laughs> on the football level in college hoops as it is in it's football? not.
1: It's not as bad as football because, with first of all, I don't think any of it's a problem, but it is a headache for the coaches, right? I think it makes it good for the sport because if you have a stinky team back in the day, Amber, it would take you five years to build a program. Now you can do it overnight. You can be like Chris Beard at Ole Miss, comes in last year, they win five games, this year they might go to the tournament because he brought in a whole new team. Rick Patino at St. John's, another example of that, comes in, brings in a whole new team, and now they have a chance to be good. It's not as bad for basketball because it's only 10 guys, right? So a a coach just has to find 10 guys. The problem for football is there's 85 guys, and there's no way to keep all those people happy. So let me just use the program I know the most, Kentucky. They bring in four-star freshmen. They have two guys, Antonio Reeves, who played at Kentucky last year, came from Illinois State. Trey Mitchell from West Virginia. They bring them in to fill the holes they have for the freshmen. And, Amber, next year, every guy will be gone. They will be starting anew again. But it won't be like it used to be for Cal where he had to go get seven freshmen. Now he can go get four, pick three out of the portal, and have a mixed team. And so I think it's made college basketball a lot more balanced. And because of NIL, a dude like Armando Baycott at North Carolina – That's a dude that years ago would have played one or two years in college. Now he plays four or five, and the fans actually have a connection to dudes in the way that maybe they didn't after the one-and-done era.
0: So most people think that UConn and Purdue are the best teams right now in college basketball. Why did you call them boring?
1: Well, have you tried to watch a Purdue game? I mean, it's Purdue. Well, first of all, Zach Eadie is the best player in college basketball. He's going to be National Player of the Year for the second time in a row. But it's like watching basketball from a bygone era. It's had to be what it was like to watch George Mikan, right? He's 7 foot 2. He just backs guys up and shoots hook shots, but he's dominant. Now, UConn's a little different. UConn won the title. That's one of the under-talked-about stories. UConn's got a chance to go back-to-back. How about this for UConn? They've won five titles in the last 20-some years. Does anybody realize that? I don't feel like they do. UConn's got a chance to go back-to-back. They're seniors. If the tournament started tomorrow, Amber, I would amazingly predict UConn to become the first team since the Florida Gators from down in your state to go back-to-back. I think they've got a really good shot. The, my second favorite team, in turn, is Houston. Kelvin Sampson's the best coach that no one talks about as a great coach. He's got a real chance to go win the title this year too.
0: Those are my Florida Gators. Uh, those were some of the best years uh, of my life. I will never forget that. I was on the court for one of those national championships. That you we were? I didn't know that. In the mid two thousands, yeah. Oh, Sub Torian green or Jones.
1: something? What did yeah, you? Yeah,
0: well, <laughs> I wasn't I on know. the court like playing. <laughs> I <laughs> okay, mean, I was gotcha. on the floor. <laughs> For that national championship coming up next year on Amber and Ann. Deshaun Watson for Daniel Jones. Who says no? We're gonna get into that next year on ESPN Radio. Tannebaum made headlines today with something that he said on Get Up. A crazy trade that he thinks should go down in the NFL. NBA All Star Weekend continues with State Farm All Star Saturday night. Radio coverage presented by Indeed begins tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Tonight, you'll get the NBA Rising Stars on ESPN radio coverage, but that will come your way at 9 p.m. Eastern. So Amber and Ian hopping off air a little bit early. Matt Jones filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. So Mike Tannenbaum, Matt, he was on Get Up this morning, and he suggested that the Giants and the Browns should get down to business. Take a listen.
1: I'm trading Deshaun Watson and a second-round pick to the New York Giants for Daniel Jones. And hear me out. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you have Dorian Thompson-Robinson, you have Joe Flacco, and now a 27-year-old Daniel Jones who has one year left of guaranteed money for $36 million and an enormous amount of flexibility moving forward. And if you're the Giants, you're getting Deshaun Watson, who's 29- are you? Who's making $46 million a year for the next three years and a second round pick? And to me, you need a frontline difference making quarterback. I,
0: I liked, uh, Gra- I think it was Graziano's voice going, Are you Are Are getting yeah. Deshaun Watson? Because who the heck knows what you have left in Deshaun Watson right now, Matt?
1: Yeah, why would you want? I, I, I don't understand why the Giants. Uh, first of all, I'm not sure that trade helps either team. But I certainly don't know why the Giants would want it. Why would you want it? The one thing about Daniel Jones is you only have one more year so you can cut bait if you need to, right? Like you can say, okay, that's enough. Why would you want three years of a quarterback that is injury prone and then has all the the off-the-field issues of Deshaun Watson, is more money and probably still isn't good enough to actually get you where you want to go? If I'm the Giants, I ride it out with Daniel Jones – I think it's not, that that trade doesn't make sense in in any way, but I also don't understand, like, I like Mike Tannenbaum, interviewed him a bunch of times, but do I just get to Amber just say, you know, two people that should be traded about, and then it becomes a story like, I think you should trade this guy. Do we have any notion of that these teams are interested in it? Because I don't, I don't see how that would even work for either franchise.
0: Well, you get to just say it if you've worked in NFL front offices and been okay, a general manager well, before, ahead. like Mike Tannebaum, right? So I think that that's. I worked where he's as an from.
1: appellate attorney. Does that not count?
0: That you know, it counts in my book, Matt Jones. Okay, it always right, counts well. in my book. Okay, uh, but I don't know if that counts for the rest of the NFL per se. I right, Mike Tannebaum I feel like he's just saying he's just throwing he's throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks because I yeah. don't get this. Namely, from the Giants perspective, if they're able to move off of Daniel Jones, they free up something like 13 million dollars. Great. The problem is if you move off of Daniel Jones, but then also get in return to Sean Watson, now in two you more just- years. Right, and two now more you years. just got a lot more expensive than the yeah. thirteen million because you also absorb all that guaranteed money that's still owed to Deshaun. Deshaun is a couple of years older than Daniel Jones. Deshaun, yes, at one point was a far more elite quarterback than at the the best Daniel Jones wasn't close to the best Deshaun Watson. That would be the only argument I could be I could make here. But also, the best Deshaun Watson was years ago, five yeah. years ago. At this point, it was the height of Deshaun Watson. I don't know if that's ever coming back. I mean, at least the height of Daniel Jones was like a year ago and change. You know, so yeah, he wasn't Deshaun. But honestly, I feel like this trade would benefit the Browns because the Browns are such totally a good defense. Agree with you. They just want Coach of the Year. Like they've got good pieces. They're getting their, Nick Chubb back in the backfield. And Daniel Jones would probably be okay on that team.
1: Save thirteen million dollars with Daniel Jones, you can go maybe sign a receiver and all of a sudden you're, you know, another weapon and you're, you're ready to go. I agree with you. If I'm Cleveland, I actually would consider doing it. I thought the other interesting one was someone said something to the effect of Justin Fields to the Steelers, which continues to be something people talk about. I'm a bears fan. I like Justin Fields. I think he's good. I still think just mathematically they have to just take Caleb Williams and trade Justin Fields. Do you like him on the Steelers as a what? as a possible option?
0: Well, before we get there, why are you a Chicago Bears fan? Why is Kentucky a Chicago Bears fan? Well, first of all,
1: we have no team here. And when I was growing up, you know, you pick the teams that are good. And in 1985, the first time okay. I watched, remember watching the NFL, they weren't there to start no trouble. They were just there Fair to the- do the Super Bowl shuffle. So <laughs> yeah. I picked them, and it's been a horrible existence ever since. But it was a great year when I was seven.
0: Yeah, hell of a time in the <laughs> mid eighties for you. It's yes. all sledding ever since. And they can't get this decision wrong because no, this is can't. the type of decision that haunts your franchise for years and years and years to come. It's not an easy decision. I'm one who who would ride with Justin Fields, frankly. Oh, you and would get everything I could in return for the number one overall pick. But huh. that's because I don't care. Everybody is so sold on Caleb Williams. He's the next coming, blah, 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 blah. I've heard that. I've heard it but before. But are you ready so to give Justin guys.
1: Fields are you ready to give Justin Fields the money that they will have to after next year like why they'll have they to decide have to? they'll have to make that decision the daniel jones decision they'll have to make that decision about justin fields after next season if they keep him
0: why do they have to what actually happens if one of these teams doesn't offer one of these guys that's not a top tier quarterback top tier money like what actually happens well, that's a fair
1: point he probably goes fields somewhere go
0: But I mean, Lamar Jackson couldn't even leave and get paid monster money from another team when the Ravens were allowing him to shop. Like, he couldn't – he's the reigning MVP and he couldn't. So now a, Justin Fields
1: is going well, to – Well, I'm not saying you'd have to pay Justin Fields that money, Lamar money. But I do think you'd have to – I mean, you'd have to make a decision whether you're going to pay him even like Matthew Stafford money, right. right? Like, you would have to make that decision. And, and it's even more than that. It's the years that you have to lock him up for. I just feel like, you know, you and I, I think, have talked over the years, Amber, about my theory about winning Super Bowls. The only You can win two Super Bowls one of two ways. You've got to have a Hall of Fame quarterback or you got to have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Those are the only right. two ways to win Super Bowls, right? And where you get in trouble, and we've talked about this, is when you're paying a guy like a Hall of Fame quarterback who's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's how you lose. So I, would, I don't think Justin Fields is a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I'd rather roll the dice again with Caleb Williams – Let somebody else do that with him. The Bears are not close to making a Super Bowl. Go ahead and start with another and then see what happens.
0: I don't hate that argument. I feel like that's the most sound argument I've heard for moving away from Justin Fields because it's not even necessarily that you're so hell-bent on Caleb Williams being the next Patrick Mahomes. It's just that Caleb Williams is on a rookie deal. And so if he can be any yes. semblance as good as Justin Fields, exactly, then you're in business for a lot yep. more years because you can get him a lot more help around him without sacrificing the salary cap. So from that perspective, I get it. I guess what I get nervous from is when people are so sure. Sh- that these number one or number two or number three picks are going to hit when they have an over fifty percent miss. Rate. Oh, you can't and that's be statistically sure. Statistically true. You can't be sure. You Everyone's can't be sure. so sure about this guy. You can't. Be you sure. can't.
1: You're rolling the dice. The way I look at it is like I'm a you know I'm a gambling guy, right? It's like you're at, you're at the the craps table and you're rolling the dice, right? Every single time you take a top five pick, you're rolling the dice. The where, what you can't do is go bust and the problem and so Justin Fields though he's not bust but he's also not like he's not a winner so or yet so i think i'd rather just take another role because i get 3 more years to find out about it with Justin i just worry with Justin Fields you're getting into that gray area which is again I, the daniel jones area where he's just good enough you have to keep him but not good enough that you can win a super bowl and that to me is the worst place you can be as a franchise
0: yeah, it's the scariest place. I mean, yes. for us, as a Miami Dolphins fan, we were there for many, is he, many is years. Is Tua maybe Tanne- yeah. well, we were there for many years with Ryan Tannehill. For seven yes. years, we're like, is Ryan Tannehill good? Yep. I don't know. By the way, we're like 15 years down the road into the Ryan Tannehill experience. I still don't really know.
1: Still don't know good.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to say, hey, that dude had a hell of an NFL career because, you know, he was a starting quarterback for so long. But like, is he good? I don't know. But with Tua, I'm hoping, I feel like we're almost, are we running into that same problem a little bit now? He seems yes. like he's better. Than Danahill, but I'm still not like completely, like, I don't know, like completely sold. On how like many
1: quarterbacks, a Super Bowl. how know. many quarterbacks right now in the NFL would you say, if you're a franchise, you are 100% confident he's going to be your quarterback for the next 10 years and can win you a Super Bowl? Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Who? Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, but he's at the end of his career. No,
0: Aaron, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, but who is conversation it? Conversation. And
1: that's what is I'm it? saying. So then you get through guys number your Dak Prescotts, your you're people that and you got to keep them. But you don't know if they can win you a Super Bowl. I don't want the Bears to have that, and that's what I think Justin Fields is going to be.
0: Right, and then there's the guys like the TBDs. I mean, like C.J. Stroud obviously looks like that, but we've seen it for a season. Or even Trevor Lawrence, you're not going to move off of him, but Justin Herbert necessarily been what you think. Justin Herbert, obviously, he gets paid. We all believe in him, but the results haven't been there. So there's the guys like that. I tend to agree with you. The rookie contract obviously makes a big difference. But if the Bears are moving on from Justin Fields, then who's interested? and Justin Fields. And for some reason, Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, comes up over and over and over again. Tim Hasselback is ESPN's NFL analyst. He was on NFL Live discussing that exact thing.
2: If Fields is going to be on the move, you're going to have teams that... Are, are interested in improving at the quarterback position. And Kenny Pickett, through two years, has thrown 13 touchdowns and 13 picks. It has not been what they expected it to be. And so I don't think there's any shot that Pickett goes into camp as the surefire starter, which means at this point, you're definitely looking to see how you can improve the position. And I think Fields, for all the struggles in Chicago, I think there's been enough evidence that his physical skill set and some of the things he can do would give plenty of people enough opt that you could build around that yeah. and improve and i certainly would be in that camp
0: I, I keep hearing it linked to pittsburgh i keep hearing fields linked to pittsburgh over and over and over again it's not a it's not traditionally a franchise that does that sort of thing under no. tomlin i guess maybe with arthur smith now as the oc there maybe they'll be run heavy justin fields obviously can do that It's still hard for me to imagine actually
1: happens. Yeah, I mean, I think the theory, if you're going to make the case for having Fields in Pittsburgh, the theory would be Mike Tomlin doesn't have a losing season, right? And Justin Fields will be better than Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. So maybe you win two more games. But again, if I'm Pittsburgh, all right, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at being in the same conference as Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow, do I think Justin Fields is going to go win a playoff game on the road against one of those teams? if the answer is no, I don't want to go bet my franchise on that either do you right.
0: I, I, yeah, I don't know But also what are your other options outside of that Draft. Like, is mason Mason Rudolph going to do it but they're not they're not in a position like not no they're, like they're not, drafting not this at the year. top of this draft so not this year so then you're hoping are you gonna suck again uh, enough? Next year, probably not, right? So. I, I
1: think it's – I would have a different view on quarterbacks, Amber, if I'm in the AFC or the NFC. In the NFC, I feel fair. like you got a lot more options to take a chance because, <laughs> right. like, anyone could go. But in the AFC, man, if I don't have a top dude, I'm not paying them like they're a top dude.
0: That's fair enough. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we'll find out what is a big deal and what is not a big deal. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. We've got a lot of NBA All-Star action headed your way this weekend, starting tonight. We're going to hop off air a little bit early. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive. Matt Jones filling in for Ian tonight. So Matt and I are hopping off air a little bit early tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, the NBA Rising Stars will be right here on ESPN Radio. Then you've got coverage of the NBA All-Star Saturday night starting at 8 p.m. tomorrow, and the 2023 NBA All-Star game will be right here on ESPN Radio starting Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern plus we've got college basketball headed your way on ESPN Radio Texas A&M at Alabama Saturday 11:30 a.m. Eastern let's find out what's a big deal and what's not a big deal
1: it's making headlines extra extra read all about it but is it a big deal or not a big deal with Amber and, Ian.
0: and Matt Jones and our producer James Steele hello James hey
2: everybody how are you uh so let's start here the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substance policy. League sources told ESPN the policy violation is said to be related to Garoppolo using a prescribed medication without having a valid therapeutic use exemption from the league, according to sources. Garoppolo will not appeal with suspension and will miss the first two games in the 2024 season. Uh, sources say the Raiders aren't even are expected to release Garoppolo before the March, uh, mid-March deadline where he would earn uh, more than a $11 million roster bonus. Uh, Matt, big deal, not a big deal. Jimmy G, two-game suspension.
1: Uh, I mean, not really a big I mean, first of all, it's not a big deal as about him. You know, it's a prescription medicine, so no big deal. As far as I don't know that it changes anything about his future or not, you know, my thing about Jimmy G has always been I'm, I'm always skeptical of him because Amber, he's too handsome. This is not going to change that. Anyone that handsome should not be able to also be good at sports. So I, I feel noticed. like. Po- when things like this happen, where he gets in trouble or he doesn't play well, I feel like it's the world punishing him for his outsized uh, handsomeness that is not fair to the rest of us.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's, you know, I never noticed um, before you just said it how <laughs> handsome
1: That's a lie.
0: Jimmy Jimmy My is. My ex-girlfriend
1: didn't even watch sports. He came on the screen one time, and she goes, who's he? And I went, I hate him.
0: On that front, uh, if you wants to, that guy should be you know if you want to take a little extra testosterone, we should let him take a little extra tea. I'm just saying. Uh, all right, <laughs> back to trying to keep it professional here on ESPN Radio, in case my bosses are listening. Uh, yeah, underrated. it's not it's not a big deal because I don't think he's going to be the starting quarterback for the Raiders, anyways. And frankly, I don't know if he's going to be a starting quarterback next season. Uh, obviously, this will factor into though him trying to find suitors for that. So I'm sure from a personal perspective, it feels like a big deal that he's going to be suspended. For a couple games. But I feel like overall, for our purposes as watching, I'm not sure it's as big of a deal because I'm not sure we're going to really notice its impact so much.
1: He's on a the backup field. next year, right?
0: I think so. So I don't yeah. know if we'll, I mean, I don't know how that works with the suspension, but if he suspended a couple games as a backup, we probably won't notice much yeah. anyway. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm leaning towards it not being a big deal. I do wonder, I mean, if it's, it's prescription medicine, and obviously that could be something still like testosterone. Yeah. Or, I mean, is it just anything? You have to fill out all the paperwork. Like, if you're getting an antibiotic for a sinus infection, you have to fill out all the paperwork. Take an ambient to sleep and,
1: and you have to tell them, I have no idea. I don't know what the I don't rules need, are. I don't, and honest,
0: also, yeah. would you get suspended? Like, is it like for multiple games if it's something as simple That's as true. that? That's true. It is I too. I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. It feels like to me, maybe it's something that otherwise would be performance enhancement. Who knows? Who knows? I'm totally speculate, wildly speculating, uh, and that's not something that we should probably be doing. So let's move it
2: along. <laughs> uh, we all saw Eagle Center and brother of Travis, uh, Jason Kelsey, in uh, uh, Chiefs Luchador mask uh, yes. during the post game uh, celebrations. Uh, but apparently that wasn't his. He just found it lying on the floor in a club, and it was... Uh, a- a teenagers, and now they're looking to try to get the mask back. To I don't think
1: that's the story, James. On, I don't think that's I don't club. think that's what happened. I think the little kid gave it to him to like dirt like after the game. And then he acts. He got, They got separated. And then he wore it the rest of the day. I don't think he found it on the floor in the club. Jason Kelsey
2: that, said himself that he found it on the floor, and he was. I think the kid was, was not in the club. Why was the kid in the nightclub? The kid was not in a nightclub. He said that he found it on the floor, and he. Okay, hold on. I don't he think he that's right. This
0: is, saying, well, this, is big, <laughs> this is a big deal. This is a big deal. because we've got a child in a nightclub, and that was not is a, no a child in children. the nightclub.
1: There was not a child in the nightclub. I I
0: did used to have a teen club that I used to go to as a teenager here in Sarasota, Florida. So I remember those days, but there was no alcohol involved.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe it's different stories. The kid says he gave it to him uh the so you're right so james is right that, that, that kelsey said he found it on the floor the kid said he gave it to him outside the 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 stadium but either way kelsey did say amber was going to give it back and i and okay. sign it and that's very nice
0: well that's nice that's a big deal as well because now you've got a signed mask from jason kelsey which is a pretty cool deal
1: i, I didn't know james team. Steele thought there were kids just hanging out in the clubs <laughs> out in vegas I don't know. I mean, it's Vegas. Who knows? What <laughs> I don't know, going I don't know if
0: James Steele has ever been in a nightclub in Vegas. That's that's problem I, number one. I don't know
2: if it would have been considered a nightclub. Have but you I was ever in been a... popping bottles? Oh, well, there you at go. At a nightclub no, in no, no, Vegas. No, no. Oh, and, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, salacious. oh, oh, oh! You're, you're no nothing the, salacious. You're, <laughs> okay, I was yeah. there because it was Rhino? like Anybody? Y- 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 you paid like thirty dollars. You got a big mug. It was all the beer you can drink. That's <laughs> why I was there.
0: No, that's right where my mind went. Where did Max. you
1: wait, man? Hang on. Where did you go in Vegas where you pay thirty yeah. bucks and you get a big beer I and all you could that drink?
2: I can tell you what the place was called. Uh, I think it was a little bit off the strip. I was yeah. Must it's have been. It was, must have yeah, been yeah. way
1: off the strip. <laughs> I don't
2: think it was way off. Maybe <laughs> must it was. Have been like
1: Henderson, right? I, I
2: feel like it was like a like a country
1: bar. They would do like line dancing and stuff. Actually, that afterwards. James, I've been to that place, and you know who I saw there. I'm being dead serious. I know what you're talking about. I saw O.J. Simpson there. Wow. That's like where he hangs out, apparently, in, in, in Vegas. I, or you know, did. my
0: nightclub, I have a couple nightclubs I night saw club Chuck Liddell Vegas.
1: there whenever I was there. <laughs> well, maybe they I have,
0: I, have, I have a couple nightclub in Vegas stories, but I was at a table once, partying once, with Tito Ortiz and Jenna Jameson. That's one of my (laughs) nightclubs in Vegas
1: stories. Wow. (laughs) You know, if you ran this segment back, we've learned a lot of information about Amber. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, this This segment, this has been,
0: this is Amber after
1: dark here tonight (laughs) on on Amber and Ian.
0: I walked up to the door of the nightclub. I don't know, me and a girlfriend. We got walked to that table. It was fun being in your early 20s back then.
1: (laughs) Well, just, after dark on this like is a, a this segment has been a big deal i'm gonna go ahead and tell you it's not it's not been a, not a big deal it's been a big deal,
2: <laughs> a big deal. yeah I, we only got like 30 seconds left uh tiger withdrew from the second round of the genesis matt big deal not a big deal
1: it was hilarious i mean I, I hope he's okay but it was hilarious because there was a fire truck they kept saying tiger woods is withdrawn and they showed a fire truck i wondered was he on fire but apparently he just had a hurt stomach from in and out burger
0: yeah, well, he's had having back spasms. I think was a part of the official world. Oh, I thought right? it was a hurt. So, spasm. Listen, I mean, it's it's a it's it's a disappointing deal, obviously, because we all want to be able to see Tiger play. Coming up next, it is NBA All Star Weekend here on ESPN Radio.